word why. What a curious word. The kind of word that can make us cringe, feel defensive, or even distant. But you know, sometimes why is the key. A key that can unlock so much to our lives. Join me as we explore the why with fascinating contributors to the world. Those that entertain us, inform us, teach us about life, and if we're lucky, inspire the next in all of us. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger, and welcome to Headroom, a production of Rainlight and co-produced by Old Soul. Let's go. All right, Scott. Let's paint the picture for where, where we are at. Now, one, I'm going to start by saying this, that we are inside the studio, and I want you to kind of paint the picture for people. But we are also two guys wearing sunglasses in here. We're only doing Absolutely. that really for, for my sort of cool quotient here. Yes. We got to get in the vibe, <laughs> so to speak. You <laughs> we got to get into the, into the vibe. In the zone. So, so get, paint the picture. So where are we? So we're Miami Beach. We're in Miami Beach. We're here at my studio house where I come to every day and make music and, and you know, conduct my business, use it as my office and doing interviews with guys like you. Oh, no. <laughs> Tell me about the, the music vibe in Miami. Like we talked a little bit off off air about about uh, L.A. right, and there's New York, and we talked about where I'm at in Nashville. What's the vibe like here from a music? Well, look, there's times that a particular city excels and and has and it, we call it it's you know it's lit at that moment at that moment in time. Like and right now, I feel like Miami is lit. Miami is becoming like like a New York with palm trees and, and, it and it's, it's really a lot of industry here. There's a lot of really, you know, big artists coming here constantly and the vibe is right and the energy is good. And, you know, there's times where there are like where LA was, you know, ahead of the game. And, you know, now I feel like, and, and not to take anything away from LA, LA still has a, a thing going, but I feel like Miami is really popping right now. And I prefer being here. And what about if we drill down and we talk about producers? Like, is this sort of the place when it comes to producing music? Outside I feel of like Earth? right now it is. I yeah. mean, this, you know, New York, L.A., Nashville, Miami. These are all like your top places, I think. And Atlanta for, for, you know, certain things. Um, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think Miami right now is filled with a lot of really talented people. And, you know, that's when big records are getting made and where big records are getting made. So you obviously people know you. You've had quite sort of the last two decades in this industry. No uh, more than that, buddy. Uh, well, I was trying to. I was being kind, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the game for 30 years now. 30 years. Yeah. I got my first Grammy in 97. 97. Yeah. yeah. Did, you, did, did it evolve the way you thought? Because what I think is fascinating about the career path in music is... I would imagine you've got to be able to be okay with pivots, U-turns. Like, there's no one way to do it. No, it's a very unpredictable business. And, you know, you have to kind of adapt in a lot of ways. And, um, and you know, it's always changing. And if you get caught up in one thought or formula of the way things are or should be, whether they're business-wise or creatively, um, technologically, you're going to get lost. You have to always be looking to the future. What have you learned about yourself? I mean, you've had some well-documented sort of ups and downs, like a lot of people, especially yeah. in the space. Well, you know what? When you have so much success at such a young age and so fast it comes to you and, you know, we, we lose sight of what is, you know, 
most important things in life. And then, and we, you know, open the door to bad things or people find you, you know, you're dealing with a high volume of people and, you know, people find you and then introduce you to bad things. And I got addicted to drugs in, uh, you know, the late mid uh, 2000s and had like a, you know, five, six years of dark period. And I had to get through that. And, um, I've been, uh, you know, really, uh, in a great place and, you know, physically and, um, I'm, uh, I'm going to kick an ass again inspired and, you know, what's the impact on your creativity? Like you hear stories anecdotally that if someone has been creative and they've been sort of caught up in that whirlwind sort of whether they're actors or they're producers, right. That there's almost this fear that they created their genius early on through that world it may not be as healthy as they would have wanted, right? That when they come out on the other side, there's almost this reticence that, man, can I, can I replicate at least what I did? If well, I'm- for me, fortunately, I mean, I know that's true with a lot of people, a lot of rappers and a lot of this and that. But for me, all of my best work I made clear-eyed. You did. And yeah, and that was the only way for me. I was, a, a, you know, my addiction was the be- being in the studio and and working and 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 kicking ass and doing the work of 10 people so you and, were like a gym rat but yeah that was my thing and then i i was introduced to nightlife and the distraction and the drugs and then there was no ability for me to work anymore it, the ability was more you know like to party and and so once i freed myself of that i got excited about that again and that's where i started getting into all these new ventures and these new things that i'm doing and and understanding now after that period where things are and I had to adapt again in life and and um was there a moment when you felt that you were reconnecting with yourself when you were coming out on the other side of things yeah absolutely I almost have this and the world you know yeah because I alienated myself and was not how would you describe that for someone who hasn't gone through that I almost it's almost like this image of someone like floating and they can't sort of they've lost it's like an astronaut in space When you're in the midst of it, you can't see that you're in the midst of it. Like you're just. You don't even know you're floating. Yeah. So if you're able to, you know, put the willpower together and be strong and get through that, you know, you come out very grateful and very happy. And and that's where I'm at. But, um, you know, um, doing a movie about the story of my life right now with Charles Roven who is uh, Atlas Entertainment, the guy responsible for Suicide Squad series and millions of other films and doing a major, major picture about it. And hopefully it'll make people laugh, cry and inspire them. And, uh, you know, and... um, Are you comfortable at this stage with Pandora's box being open for everybody? Absolutely. I mean, I kind of feel like the world has had it. It's been open and... Now I just want to like kind of like deliver the message of what I'm doing and what I'm involving myself in right now and 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 um, and just you know trying to be uh, you know ahead of the curve and a lot of things make up for lost time and being edgy and getting involved in a bunch of these things like the tech stuff and, and do you find that you're taking more risks professionally because now you're at this stage of your life like you can be creatively even more risky and sort of try new things absolutely you know i i um i have a special quality everybody has a special quality that you know they you know they have in their bag of tricks as far as what they bring to the table in music mine is melodies and melodies no matter what are always a necessity 
in making music. The drum programming, the equipment we use, the technology, the sounds, everything, that always comes back to the essence of a good melody. And because I'm able to play piano and use that as my, uh, you know, doorway to that and how I create it and, you know, guitars and understanding all the the music, the melody, the keys. Um, this is what makes for something that's, you know, good for forever. When did when did melody first sort of enter your brain and change your DNA as a kid? Like 10 years old. And I remember realizing that I was listening to somebody sing and play a song at 10 years old. And this weird thought that always stays with me was I was thinking at the time, like, man, that melody is not right for that. Like, I think that lyrics should have been different on that. And these like creative, like critiquing things of somebody else. And I was like, I can do this better. And I got into it. And then by the time I was like 13 years old, I was this girl, Allison Matz that I went to school with and, um, she came from a very, you know, well-to-do family, you know, really great people. And I was at her house after school one day and I was playing their grand piano. And the father said, hey, would you play piano for my guests later? And I said, sure. <laughs> and I played the piano and everybody was entertained. And then he handed me money. He handed you money? Yeah. Like I was a little kid and he's handing me like some, some nice money. <laughs> I was like, are you sure? Like, really, is this happening? And I was like, man, this is what I love to do. And this is, I think I can make money doing this. And from that moment at like 13, I was like, I'm going to be in the music business, you know? And to me, it was like, if I'm a big success or if I'm playing bar mitzvahs or weddings or whatever, I don't care. I'm, this is what I want to do. I can survive doing this. That's where you felt comfortable. Yeah. Music. And were you classically trained? No. So you literally- I took a couple of piano. piano lessons and then I like- didn't work out because it was hard to get to the piano lessons. Somebody had to take me and we had to pay for it. And it was kind of an issue. And, and I just taught myself. I taught myself my own way. I have a certain system in my head of the way it works. And I understand light theory and, you know, music notation, but I just let my hands do it. They've always, always worked for me. So maybe the journey you were on was just meant to be. Yeah. It was part of your story, not that you could have averted it. Do you have to come to that point, that sort of place? Yeah. I mean, you know, before I was able to pull my life together and and get get back on my feet and, you know, be doing well again, there was a certain regret, obviously, that you had to carry with you. And, you know, as you go, time goes on and you, the more hard work you put out and the more um, that you're doing, that goes away. It subsides. And you enter your next phase. And this next phase now is integrating in technology. It is. And technology that, here's the funny thing, the, the parallel. Uh, we were talking about sort of those those maybe dark days for you, right? Mm -hmm. Where I was saying, I was imagining almost someone like floating that sort of can't grab the ground, right? Mm -hmm. Solid ground. And now we're talking about the metaverse. Uh, <laughs> Ironic. <laughs> the, the irony, right? That you're now partaking in, supporting and participating in a world that, quite frankly, the masses have no idea. It's a mystery. Well, it's a whole world, and I think we're just at the cusp of it. I think, you know, I think NFTs were just an introduction of what this, this metaverse is. And, um, you know, that's a very art-driven thing. But, 
you know, there's there's ability to do endless things within there from, you know, shopping and just entertaining yourself, playing games, seeing concerts. Yeah, what, there's so many what's things. What's the impact? Let's talk about the concert component. Like, what do you think the impact creatively, not just about, I guess, drawing in audiences for sort of one-off experiences, right, um, of listening and, and, and seeing concerts in the metaverse, but what do you think that this can do to the creative spirit of the artist, the producer out there? I think it's just I think it's just one more thing to add to the the uh, you know the equation like I think that um, it's an additional thing and and it's something really great and it can be very artistic for them it can be uh, very profitable for them it can be very um, uh, cool for people that can't get to concerts and will be able to go check it out on their VR in the metaverse of you know some crazy event and they feel part of something and you know, it's like so many different things about it that I think are awesome. Do you think that we are prepared to meet the needs? Because I think the younger generation, not to call you and I old, but it does. I take- surround myself with young people. <laughs> you do. You know, like, you know, all the, the Mosverse guys and my, my children and I have some edgy people around me. So it's me intentional and, for you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't I don't want to, you know, get caught in a moment in time. I want to keep keep going. You know, some people get set in their ways. I can't do that. So you're saying, so yeah. That's how I was able to make music for 30 years and always to this day be doing edgy stuff and keeping people on their toes. It's not formulaic. It's not like this is how you do it. It's like I'm learning from kids. I'm learning everything. This is not power and control. Hmm? It's not power and control. Mm. It's more collaboration. Yeah, it's not a light switch. It's not something. It's more collaborative. It's more, um, you know, experimentive. So is this now thinking about the metaverse and, and, and Mozverse in, in particular and live concerts and these different pieces, is this a little bit like giving a painter an entirely new set of paint? Yeah, somewhat. You know, it's doing something different. It's uh, it's a new palette, as you're saying. Yeah, yeah it's definitely a new palette. And it's, um, it's uh, uh, giving me an ability to do some some cool stuff creatively that I, you know, I haven't touched on before. So it's fresh and it's new. You know? And is that, is that the most appealing part of it? Um, it's one of the most appealing parts of it, but, um, you know, um, you know, everybody likes to win, you know what I mean? And, and, um, you know, it gives you something to fight for, to, to do, and you're trudging into new territories and, and, um, it's about winning. It's not even about money. It's not about, it's about making something great, leaving your footprint in, in the world and, and, and doing something that's edgy. Headroom is produced by Old Soul, a one-stop marketing agency that understands the power of brand and nuance. Reach out to my guy, Matt at Old Soul and supercharge your brand and content strategy. That's Old Soul. Shoot Matt a note at aoldsoul.com. That's A-O-L-D-S-O-U-L.com. And now, Back to our guest. We were talking um, and we're here um, at your studio in Miami Beach. And we were talking earlier about a conversation I had with Deepak Chopra mm-hmm. and what he's doing in the space. In the metaverse. Right. Yeah. And talking that he had mentioned that, you know, digital natives, these younger folks, they're actually starting to become annoyed with the physical world. <laughs> because in a digital world, they can manipulate, they can move a palm tree. They can they can bring in a car that they didn't actually have, right? Right. It feels like it in a fantastical way. 
is opening up possibilities that like, we, right now we can't even think about. And even somebody as creative as you. And just to paint the picture, we're in your studio. We've got, how would you describe these lights? It's like these rainbow lights that are just sort of circulating yeah. around the, the studio mm -hmm. here. I like it. It brings an energy to the room, like when I'm working and, it, you know, it's like a pulse almost. Yeah, there's a pulse, but there's also sort of a calming mm -hmm. element to it. Does it calm you in here? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a bunch of different settings, so this was like something I really liked and felt yeah. was cool. So, yeah, and like he imagined the possibilities of what you can do designing stuff like that, like in creating a, a virtual recording studio where people can go into the studio and meet you there in this crazy From different parts room. of the world. From different parts of the world. And you can create music and it can come out right there in the metaverse. Talk a little bit about, so I think for a long time we had technologists, right? And then we had creatives. And forever it was, could the technology provide the canvas that would be authentic to the artist? No, I think, I mean, I appreciate all of the new technology and the technologies we've been introduced to all over the years. But there comes a point where, yes, I believe that some of the people are too dependent on the technology now. And that technology, there still has to be the light bulb inside somebody's brain and like the creative part of it to use, to utilize it and less depending on just the technology to make the music. So how do we, how do we, do, how do you think we do that? I mean, it's, not it's like a you, balance, right? It has to be, a it's balance. a balance. Cause we're dealing with different types of brains, yeah. right? I mean, mm -hmm. someone who can build metaverse may be very different than someone that can lay down a track. Mm -hmm. Look, I, I think a really healthy relationship for me, like with a production partner that I'm making music with, you know, I have more of an edge with the melodic stuff and, yep. and the music. And if I team up with a young person that's really heavy on the tech stuff, you know, it's it's a nice blend of peanut butter and jelly like that works. And it's, it's working very well right now for me. Do you have to think about it sort of as a as a dance partner, sort of who leads or is that part of your yeah. approach that you've had for 30 years? I mean, I think everything stems back to the Lennon-McCartney uh, theory. And that's like uh, a pad and a pen and a piano. And like that stuff, once you have the meat of the music in that and, and you have the, uh, you know, an initial um, foundation of what the music is for the song, that's when you apply it to that technology. And that's when you can come up with something great. Let's pivot to... Something that makes you feel something. That makes you feel something. There's like a visceral reaction. Mm -hmm. Let's pivot to um, the area of music that a lot of people know you for, hip-hop, rap, right? So historically, and, you know, sort of years back, it was thought very sort of territorial, whether it was audience or where a group came from, right? That it felt maybe from the public that it like was... Like segregated? Segregated, territorial, like this is sort of, you know... This is where we are, you know, we're, we're the New York group, we're the, you know, these sorts of things. And yeah, I think that's changed definitely, which I is, I think, is a cool thing. I think that uh, some of those lines are kind of like a little bit different now. Like it's a lot of stuff blends into each other, hip hop, pop, uh, reggaeton, yeah. you know, Afro beats. All these things are kind of now starting to be in the same world, in the same place, you know. And is that a potential opportunity for, with the metaverse? Yeah. For sure. A lot of different worlds are going to collide there, you know, as well as in within the music, you know. So you're kind of like explorers, like just setting foot in a new land. Is that 
that essentially, happens. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, 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 and and your contemporaries are basically sort of laying out what people like me will experience. Yeah, yeah. Almost like altering and, the next and, chapter. Yeah, but doing it in more of a fully immersive experience where people can do more than uh, see things and and hear them. Like you can actually feel them be inside of it. So this is, you're in a good place in your life. Yeah. I'm in a very great place in my life. I'm very happy. I'm um, occupying my time doing things that count and spending time with my children and my family. And and it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's the greatest, uh, I think, chapter that I've had yet. My experience of you is you're incredibly calm. Um, and you've been incredibly gracious in, in hosting me. But it's almost as if the you're a soul and a person that has gone through what you've gone through. It's humbled. Humbled and also like comfortable, you know? Yeah. And that to me is a hard place for people to get. Yeah. Just a lot of people try and hide their problems. Like I embrace it. I own a rehab center in LA called the Heavenly Center that is, you know, for people like we use cannabis for healing for people on more harmful shit. And like, you know, people that are, their, their lives are, spinning out of control i feel like i'm helping them and um you know that's another source of happiness for me but like yeah i'm i'm chilling i'm 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 in a great place how has your relationship with success changed over the years i would imagine early on you got money right out of the gate i mean even that that great story of being like 13 playing a piano at you know allison's house right yeah Dad giving you money. Memory. <laughs> right that, that that's connecting neurons it's like okay if i do this i can get you know mm -hmm. I can get some cash for that, that that impacts just the way you, in which you might think about yourself, what success might feel like. I would think your success has yeah. changed for you. Yeah. Well, you look, there's been moments in my life, even post addiction and all that, where you feel uninspired and you might, you know, get too comfortable or whatever, but like, you gotta like really remind yourself, you know, how lucky and blessed we are as, as people to have a gift and that we can go and and if we put the time in have a, a chance to make good money and make success and leave a footprint and um you know i found that inspiration again and now doing all this new stuff i'm really inspired let's put a wrap on this what is your what is your advice to sort of the young creator that for whatever reason pays attention to the instagram and the, and the movies and they think that the lifestyle is as important to their brand and their potential opportunities in the industry as the craft that they potentially are good at. I tell them this, don't want the Ferrari, be the Ferrari. You be what is gonna be, like make, you know, charm people. Don't let your car do that for you. You gotta be that, you, you got the music you put out, the work you do, the way you deal with people. When you walk into a room, your presence is felt with out any of that stuff and if you can do that everything else is just icing on the cake but depending on that lifestyle and thinking that's going to be what makes you cool or being seen with the right people that's not it be the ferrari keep being you it's, yeah. it's nice to it's nice to spend some time with you i look forward to seeing what you the mosverse got what you guys are going to create that will change the experience not just for me but for for my kids and for the next generation that mm. wants to create on a moment by moment basis yeah, there's a lot of people in this space that are experimenting and 
you know, I'm lucky enough to say that I'm partners with probably the most talented people in this space because, you know, they just, they have uh, incredible abilities and talent the way I had made make music. They have it within the tech and, and have created some special products and special things in Mosverse. And I'm just very, very happy to have them as partners and to be, be in this project. Well, you've got a talent that maybe you've not been paid for in the past, but you've got a talent of, around humility and you've earned it the hard way. And I think that that probably makes the world spin round for you and those that you collaborate with. Thanks, Scott. I really appreciate Thank you. your time. Thanks for taking the plunge into Headroom, where we uncover the why behind the what and who impacting our lives. Headroom is a production of Rainlight and co-produced by our friends at Old Soul. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger, and this is Headroom.